Hey everybody, this is Eddie Dacius with another episode with Divine Purpose Podcast. We are excited. We have an artist. We have somebody who's very active on YouTube. Her name is Lynn O'Reilly and we will know more about her. She will tell us about her journey and we're very excited to have her. Lynn, how are you today? Hi. <laughs> I was, I was going to say something and I just froze. I'm good. I'm just excited to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for being here. Like I said, um, this is Lynn O'Reilly. She will tell us about her and how she started her journey, her background, and anything else important she would like to share with us. Before further ado, let's introduce our show, Divine Purpose Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey, once again, this is Eddie Dacius with Divine Purpose Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Dacius Facility Management. Dacius Facility Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services. Call them now, 617-237-0106 or go online at www.daciusfm.com. Daciusfm.com. Like I said, it's, I'm very excited to have Lynn O'Reilly with us and Lynn will tell us. So we have a one question we like to start this episode is what can you tell us about you? Um, where do I start? I'm from, okay, I'm just going to do it. We're just going to start from the beginning. I'm from Haiti. My family moved to the U.S. in 2010 after the earthquake. Um, and I've been living in Worcester ever since. I live in Worcester, Mass. Went to school here, high school, college. And now I work here. So I work in market. I got my degree in marketing. Um, mm. And I work in New York for a creative agency. Um, and then I'm, I, I manage my photography studio on the side. I'm in my studio now. Wow, wow, wow. Excited, excited to learn more. But what did you start with um, photography? So what gets you to to be so creative? Uh, it started, I would say it started when I was very young. I just, I've always been passionate about taking pictures and documenting mm. things. Okay. Um, I remember the, like... I guess the moment that it kind of hit for me was when we went to Haiti in 2000. I don't remember if it was 2012, 2015. Okay. And I had, and I was just taking pictures with my phone. That's the last time I've been. And I remember I was just taking photos of everything. And my dad is like, why are you taking pictures? And I'm like, I just want to show the things that people don't see about us. Mm. You know, I just want to show them this, the places that they don't see about us. Cause in the new, you know what you see in the news. Yes. And I just, and I, and I remember I was just taking pictures of random stuff. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, I'm a documentary photographer. I was 16, 17. And I said it. Wow. And then now a couple years later, even when I studied marketing, photography is still my passion and, and like telling stories that way. 
Well, so and and I'm I'm sh- I'm glad you're sharing this with us. But uh, we like to kind of take a break, like pump the break and go deeper because I think everybody who's listening to our podcast they will understand that you you started at a point like point A and get to point B, but there was like a journey. Things get didn't go your way. You probably had um to maybe doubt yourself. Can you take us to like your three most most challenging event in your life? Most challenging. Oof. Uh, the first would have to be moving to the U.S. I mean, my family never really planned on coming here. Okay. And so circumstances happen, and we find ourselves here, and they were just like, we have to do something, you know? And so coming here and, you know, starting over, my parents starting over, learning a new language, going to school, all of that was, I'd say, was the, was the first challenging one. Um, second would be... After high school, figuring out what to do for college, I wanted to do pursue photography, but I got a Haitian mom. Like, are you gonna be, you gonna be, you gonna be a doctor or something? But my mom has always been supportive of me. You know, she was always. She doesn't like she doesn't understand the full vision, but she still supports me. And so that was very important for me. And so I was like, you know what? I think I want to pursue photography. I think I want to do wet event planning, event management. But I'm like, let me let me be safe with a business degree. Okay. That was I guess that was another one for me. Cause I I I didn't see myself going to med school. That's not happening. <laughs> um, I'm glad you said that because we uh, we have a lot of Haitian. We have a, a diversity group yeah. in terms of Kamu, who are I guess, but most are Asian. I'm Haitian. I came here in 2010. I was uh, I'm a earthquake survivor. Oh wow! So, yeah. So, but I wanted to kind of piggyback uh, piggyback on what you said, where your parents start over. <laughs> Like, yes. how was it? How, how did you adjust? How difficult? I don't know if you can talk for them, but experiencing oh them working and then maybe they had a style, a lifestyle in Haiti. Yes. I'm, I'm guessing comfortable. And then coming here, like start over and then do other job. Can you, yes. can you go deeper on that? Of course, definitely. Starting over means starting over from the bottom. So um, in Haiti, my mom worked for a political, both of my parents worked in politics. Okay. My mom worked for a political party. Um, my dad worked for CVP, Minister Environment, all of that. Mm. Um, so my dad stayed in Haiti and my mom came here. And so she had her stable politics job. You know, she's doing event planning. She's planning events at the um, at the at the National Palace. She's okay. like running things. She's helping the presidential candidate. And she came here under circumstances and you just have to do what you have to do. So my mom was working at KFC and Taco Bell to make ends meet for us. You know, it's complete. I mean, she can't come here and be like, oh yeah, I have 20 years experience working at the White House in Haiti. Yeah. You just go to Washington and start working there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it doesn't work like that for us. So, So, and, and Lynn, I'm very happy you're telling this and this is, and that's what I like about this uh, um, this podcast is like focusing on the guests and then they, they you guys are taking me to a journey. So let's go back to what your mom had to do to help you out and maybe your sibling if you have, but or your family. So why why is it so difficult if you had 20 years experience in the US and then when you come here, you have to start over? 
is it just for Haitian or is it for everybody else? I don't, I don't know. I mean, there are, there's just so many, there has to be so many systematic blockades against us. You know what I mean? Even with a degree, you're coming from, as long as you're from a different country and you don't have a degree from America, it's just going to be hard for you. Wow. And you, and you, and there are people who just work so hard. You have built this career and, and there are people who are still in Haiti are like, I know that if I move to America, I'm going to have to start over. So museum or, you know what I mean? No, no, no. It makes sense. And I have friends that, they were reluctant to kind of move to the U.S. because yeah. they have like a steady job. Even insecurity is not the best. Right, right. Um, is is worse. I, I mean to say, but um, but they didn't want to come back, come here, and then find out they have to start over, and they don't know where. Don't if you had a pathway to say, okay, if you come to the U.S. twenty years, you're gonna start to like right. office job. <laughs> Imagine that's not everybody. Case. Everybody would come. <laughs> yeah, that's not the case. But um, for for every parent, um, I think they that's the same. But for you, what did you learn from from her work ethic, and in that trans translate in your life now? I learned that she's strong, and I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have any kids, and sometimes, really, when I look at my mom, she works very hard. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Imagine like, it's just, it's just, I mean, it's a lot of people's stories, you know, you have the stability, you have a home. And, and on top of that, you know how like the lifestyle is, you have helpers, there are people helping you, whether yes. it's family, whether it's like house help, you know, people that you hire to kind of like, you know, and then so there can be a situation where both people in the home are bringing income. Yes. And both people are like equally contributing in the home. And it's like all of that falls and then you come to the US and especially because my mom, my dad stayed in Haiti to work and my mom came here with us. So you go from having all this help, even like a driver or whatever it is, because that's just that's just what's normal to us. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and then so you come here and you have to do school, you have to feed, you have to do this and that and, and work and stuff. So she's strong and I don't, I don't, she can keep it. We don't need to pass it down because I'm not that strong. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. But that, that's, no, you're being honest and, and I appreciate it. And nobody, and not everybody will kind of embrace that. Yeah. So in this episode, we call it Embrace Your Calling because I feel like everybody was meant to be some somebody and there's a path there's like a specific path attached to you so let's let's go to like a something more fun about your favorite child memory childhood um, memory my favorite childhood memory It would be spending time at my grandmother's house. On weekends, I would go to my grandmother's house. That, that was our time together. Wow. And so like, like, and yeah, so I'm definitely, I'm very close to my grandparents. I'm very close to my grandmother. So I don't, like all of the times that I was at her house, I just remember all of those moments. That's so, so now, do you, so what one thing you really, if you had a chance to take with you when you, we're coming here because we're gonna talk about your uh, your culture shock and adjustment coming here to the U.S. We're gonna go deeper, but if you had the power to take one thing from Haiti and then 
come with you in the US, in United States, what would, what would that be? One thing, come on. One thing, one thing. One thing, can I take the whole island? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like I said, yeah, because what I'm saying is I'm trying to hello our viewers and anybody if you're not from Haiti because I feel like there's like a similarity when all my guests from Haiti, they always, especially those who came or were born in Haiti and then came back, came here, they talk about transition, culture shock. But if you have one thing you would like to bring with you, you cannot be the whole island. <laughs> you cannot be the whole island. You have to be one thing you like. It might it can be food too. What I mean, uh it's hard because I was gonna say my grandmother. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. Grandma. For me, it will be um my house. Yeah. If I could take my house and <laughs> bring it over. <laughs> so because, yeah, like um, we grew up with like a cousins. We always have people in the house. Yeah. Always have fun. Yeah. But, um, that was me. But um let's let's turn to you. So what was your culture shock coming here in the United States? Um, culture shocks. Well, I mean, learning a new language itself is a culture shock, you yeah. know, because it, it wasn't my parents never really talked about it. And even growing up in Haiti, I went to Collège Marianne and I'm like, oh, you know, if I can get a, a scholarship to study in Europe, like I just wanted to travel. Yeah. And like, we never talked about the U.S. Mm. So coming here, learning the language and figuring it out, like things don't run the same way that they do in Haiti. Schools are not the same way that I do in Haiti. Like yeah. what I was learning in fifth, fourth grade and fifth grade in Haiti is people are learning in college here. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's serious. Our education system is beautiful. There's something that is not talked about at all. Like, so when I came here in sixth grade in Haiti, I was studying, mm. you know, late night, Otibalen, always studying. So I come here and they talk about the map of the United States and we're going on field trips. And I'm like, this is, this is sixth grade? <laughs> so you know like the education system for me like it, it was just not too bad at all and I didn't do too bad myself because I, I built that capacity in Haiti um yeah just like just again watching my mom's work ethic and being like why can't she come here and also have like a nice job and why is it taking us so long to get off our feet but it's because there's so much in our way um and it's just like little other cultural things that I had to adjust to as a as a kid as a teenager just other things that I had to learn so um before we switch to this but I have one more question this question is when was the time you realized that oh wow things are very different here than Haiti where like it's sinking in your mind in terms of racial differences economic dis um, like any educational so when like when you realize wow I need to really better myself and work hard to kind of change the narrative mm -hmm. I don't think there was a specific moment, but it's it's like a collection of moments. Okay. And I realized that like it's just that like it's just tough for people who look like me. 
Yeah. It's just tough for us, especially coming from a different country. And you just have to work 50 times as hard to prove that you're worthy to be in a room, to prove that you're worthy enough of an opportunity. And I don't know, I just, I've always been aware of it. I remember, I mean, I guess the toughest time for me was when I was in high school. I wasn't, I honestly wasn't thinking about going to college because I have TPS. Okay. And so they've always been like, like everybody around me and again miseducation misinformation whatever it's called but everybody around me was like oh you have TPS you definitely can go to college oh so like, you definitely can't go you definitely can't go oh, this is just wow. people saying just people saying yeah yeah you know like oh yeah that's definitely not gonna happen for you and so I listened to that I listened to that. I didn't even do my own research. And then so I'm sitting down and I'm talking to my guidance counselor and she's like, you're going to go to school. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just work in fast food or whatever. Yeah. Um, and she really pushed me. And that's also been important, having people on my journey who just push me and who see something in me, right? So she's looking for information. She's like, whatever it takes, I'm going to get you to college, whatever it takes. So I start applying and I'm motivated. It was tough. I applied for a lot of schools. They yeah. shut me down. They're like, this immigration thing, we don't want to hear anything about it. It's, uh, some other schools are like, yeah, we'll give you $5,000. Is that okay for four years? You know, and then finally my school found me and then another, not like a gatekeeper, but like an, an angel, a God sent, you know, somebody like a destiny helper essentially, who was like, I was like, hey, this is my dream school. <laughs> mm. Can you please help me? And she was like, I will vouch for you. And f I went from going from, you know, people telling me that I couldn't get a college degree because I have TPS to get yeah. a degree for free. I didn't pay to go to school. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's an amazing story. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us like, and you mentioned about your dream college, but this question is more about what was your dream job in in high school yeah in college and now the reason i ask this question because few people change there was like a wave of like some people have won and then they stick with it right but other people kind of tap in different dream aspiration and then they they get stuck with one but what was it for you that's perfect that's a great question um so in high school when i finally got motivated about pursuing higher education i was like maybe i want to do event planning like wedding mm -hmm. planning or event planning um like i said when i was younger i watched my mom like boss babe planning events at the yeah. national palace she's she's helping on the campaign trails if, I, if we were in haiti i probably would have gotten into politics too at some point oh, wow. you know? <laughs> it was just so nice to watch both of my parents do that stuff you know yes and christian and christians and politics like it's rare yeah so I, i don't know i was confused i didn't really know what i wanted to do but i know i'm not going to medical school <laughs> mm -hmm. so i'm like maybe i want to do event management like i would it would be cool if i could do weddings or something or i volunteered for like a democratic convention i was like maybe i could like help plan that okay so that's what i went to school for the moment the first day of class or hospitality they were like i was like i don't like it <laughs> i was like it's a lot they make it look easy people wow. who play in events they make it look so easy and i'm like i don't like it and so i was i started talking to even my mom to this day she plans events and and does catering and stuff and yeah. that's that's all her well what's the what why what did they do make you make you not liking it was it something they said was it something they showed yeah. you or what was it, what was it um it's just 
people event planning it's a passion you yeah. can't just it's not just anybody that can do it because you're running the whole thing you're making sure you're making sure everything you gotta be there you gotta be there for and you have to be all in yeah and yeah. i wasn't so i realized that like i love i love attending events <laughs> <laughs> i don't love planning events because it, it does take a lot of work and that's my mom that's her that's her whole thing you know and so i sat down with my marketing professor and he's like so i'm like yeah i would love to like promote events make the flyers whatever stories taking pictures taking yeah. videos and he's like yeah then marketing is your thing and i'm like maybe it is so so then in, in college i was like maybe i want to be a digital like a social media marketing manager um mm-hmm. so that was my thing coming out of college and then um i guess now photography and creativity is my full yeah. course yeah um i graduated in 2020 and i wasn't even sure if i was going to get a job you know yeah when i started like working in photography i started working my photography business i found my studio so that's i mean that's where i'm at right now just photography and creativity so um I, and for, for so we have Lynn O'Reilly with us she's our guest today on um the Vibe podcast so question for you I, I see that you started your your YouTube channel early like very I'm not maybe early 20s 2020 I started in no I started in 20, 2017 probably because I was I was in college yeah okay. Oh yeah, so can you tell us because this is like a lot of people now starting a YouTube channel, but you kind of started like early five years ago. What was it? What was your mindset? What had you started in? Oh man, um, starting my YouTube channel, I just I don't know. I was in college and I was and I like I was like fashion. I was like hair and stuff, and I wanted to find a way to express myself. Um, but I actually, no. The truth is, I wanted to have some deeper conversations. I've always been I've always been passionate about um, I guess podcasting in a way. I've, I'm a public like I want to be like collaborative and talk about certain things, creativity or like life as a Christian folks and kind of like build community around creativity. Yeah. So I, I couldn't figure out how to do it, but I'm like, you know what? Like it's just it wasn't at the time it was like do something that's gonna go viral or like do something yeah. to build popularity. So yeah. I mean I just had fun doing hair videos and, and yeah fashion videos. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. You know? Oh no, I am not proud. I am not proud of those <laughs> videos. But well, you know, I was just having fun. Yeah, you're natural. To be yeah. honest, you're natural. Yeah. But um, let's go about one piece of advice you will tell somebody who's starting their career now. One piece of advice, I mean, I guess what I'm also, I'm still learning even a couple years into it. Just have fun. Yeah. I think one thing for me, I am, I used to be, not anymore in Jesus' name, <laughs> but I used to be a perfectionist. Okay. And if it's not perfect, I'm not even going to start. And mm-hmm. it would be so bad to the point where like I'm overthinking the thing so much. I, I don't have the right camera. I don't have the right phone. I don't have the the right microphone. I can't, I'm not even going to start. You wow. know? So you just have to start somewhere. And I'm still learning that. Again, to this day, I'm still learning that. It's okay. Just start where you are, where, what you have. Um, and have fun like and I and I keep remembering that like the work everything that you create now is not where you want to be right so w- when you finally get to where you want to be it's all the little things that you're learning along the way okay that will help you I mean that's what I would say so which one thing you're most proud you have accomplished oh I 
don't know. I don't have one specific. These questions are digging deep. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess making my family proud or something. I don't know yeah. if they're proud of me, but <laughs> maybe that. Because, you know, there's... Dang. Because it's just a stigma about young kids coming here from Haiti and people don't people derail and you yeah. get caught up. You just people just get caught up mm. in, in the culture shock and you know you start doing things, you start moving differently. But I guess it's just like doing things to to make my family proud and be able to um to keep to be passionate about just moving forward and and yeah doing I don't I don't know. I can't even I, I, I honestly don't know. There's, there's a saying uh, I smell blood so I'm gonna go deeper. <laughs> Ah, no. Did you um did you ever did they ever compliment you? Oh yes. The reason oh. I ask is because I know Haitian parents are hard. Yeah. And but sometimes they proud of us and they're not telling us that. Do do you ever had a moment they, they said, Oh, lean and they kiss you or oh, I don't know, they say something, they hug you and they say we're proud of you. Um, no, because they're not here physically. My whole family is in Haiti. Okay. But mom, if you're watching this, tell me you're proud of me. You know, but she does. But she doesn't, she doesn't other ways. Yes. That, no, no. And what I was saying is because we're trying to change a culture as a new generation, we're trying to change a culture where we don't see that often. Like, um, I don't think I heard stories that husband and wife, they love each other and they never say I love you to each other, right? right? And I think this new generation is trying to change that. But same way, I grew up with my mom and she did, she did it for me, you know? So I just graduate. Um, I have my bachelor in project management and I graduate. Oh. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I graduated in 2021 and my wife, my mom, my sister, they all, they and my son and daughter, they were there. And then I feel that. And then I wanted that to be happening. I want to do this too. But I want to share with whoever is listening, it's okay to to be proud of your children. 100%. That's why we kind of deep on it so to kind of go because I feel like this is a culture for our nation. We don't want to show emotion. Yes, definitely 100%. That is the one thing, if nothing else, that is one thing I'm preaching right now. Like, we know that you're proud of us, but it's it helps to 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 um to motivate us in a sense you know i think when you especially within the haitian i mean i can't speak for everywhere but within yeah. like my area the issue the reputation is when these kids come from haiti like they don't they derail or they yes. do this or they do that they don't want to pursue yeah. education or whatever and so for those of us who have been the good girl yes. the good church kid we <laughs> serve in church we stay at the house like I. It just it, it helps to reinforce us to to, re, to reaffirm us. Yes. To be like, hey, like I'm just. You know, funny note. Maybe every guest, every Haitian guest I have, they all say "Lekol Legis Lakai." Really? I'm gonna hashtag this because. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if they are Haitian, they were born in Haiti. Even they were not born like this. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. No, Yes, especially I work remotely, so I work in New York, but I'm home. It's I be in my house. I yeah. come to the studio or I'm at church. That's my whole life. 
<laughs> so like let's switch to your professional side and you finish high school um, um college and then you are you are like going forward for your first job how was your confidence level and <laughs> how was it? yeah because i know <laughs> yeah tell us about it My confidence level was at a negative 5,000. <laughs> I graduated May 2020. Yeah. Mid-COVID. Oh, Everything man. is shutting down. That's just it, you know? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm applying for jobs. I'm applying. I'm, I'm on Zoom. I'm doing... Um, I had, like, a, a spreadsheet of all the jobs I was applying to. Yeah. Deny, deny, deny. Right now is just a tough time. Right now is not the time, you know? Yeah. So then I, I was like, you know what? Let me just, like, work on little photography projects. Let me build my portfolio. I'm yeah. so glad I did that during that time because it's the work that I created during that small time period that really, like, to this day, people... People are pushing really? forward. Yeah, wow. yes. that's amazing. Yes, definitely. So, uh, yeah, good. Oh no, no. So, so yeah. So I got into taking more pictures and building my portfolio and sharing stuff on my website. And then, so someone reached out to me out of nowhere. They're like, "Hey, I see your photography. Are you a professional photographer? Do you want to be? Do you want to be a commercial photographer?" She's like, "You, you know, like billboards or magazines, whatever it is." I'm like, "Lady." I just take pictures in my hallway in my house. What? What? Yes. So I'm like, no, da -da -da. and again, my I cannot credit anything that I've done by my own merit. It really has been God sending the right people at the right time. Every like, every part of my journey, high school, like elementary school, high school, college, every part of my journey, it's not it's not me. Wow. So wow. I'm talking to her. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't, I've never even shot any pictures seriously i'm just having fun she's like oh wow like i want to mentor you so she just started helping me with my portfolio putting it together what kind of pictures it, it, do i want to take trying to do that and then months later and then a couple months later i just kept getting denied from jobs and i'm like i was so frustrated i was crying and i'm like i'm frustrated because you know you just want something Yes. You just want something. Like I would like somebody deny me from a job because I'm overqualified. I'm like, I know. You think I'm yes. gonna apply for this ten dollars an hour job with my degree? I know I'm overqualified. I just need something. Wow. You know? And so um so yeah, so we keep working together and then finally after one last denial, I was so sad. And my mom is like, Why don't you reach out to the lady? Just reach out to her. So I reached out to her and I'm like, hey, do you know if there's anyone in New York who's hiring? Like, I can just go to a studio and hold up a light for someone, change the battery on their camera, something, you know. She's like, oh, I can see what I can do. Just send me your resume. Mm. So I sent, I sent her my resume. Always have your resume ready. <laughs> okay, that's a piece of advice. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I sent her my resume. She's like, oh, you studied marketing? I was like, yeah, I did. I studied marketing. She's like, oh, we're looking for a marketing person. What? Yes. And that's how I got my job. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So so let's go, because uh, and this is an amazing story, and I, I'm glad you're sharing this. But uh, I, will, I will go deeper. So me, I like to go deeper on the, like, get the detail. So you said during COVID, you were denied a lot of jobs. But what make you go for photography? Was it you were, like, bored and then you just... Pick something you remember or 
was it like something that tricked you to do it or like can you share us um share with us what's what was the process to do that yeah like i don't i don't i'm boredom yes 100 yeah. i was just bored in the house bored but i mean photography is my passion right like mm. even if i did other things and i'm pursuing marketing and i like i'm a i'm a marketing girl through and through i am more business than super art and and yes. so like but photography is my first love i just like to take pictures of random stuff fruits flowers that, that's just what got me back into it yeah um, and so yeah just boredom and just finding something to do mm, wow that, that was great so now you had that job what happened Yes, so I start the job. I mean, it's been amazing. It's been has it been a year and a half? Oh, it's about to be two years almost. Um, I started February 2021. So yeah, it's, it's like almost a year and a half ish. It's been great. They've been mentoring me. It's literally they treat me like I'm one of the artists that they represent. But like I'm a I'm a I'm an employee. It's amazing the mentorship, um, and they they're speaking into my life, um, wh whether they're Christian or not. <laughs> God is speaking through them to me. Wow. <laughs> you know, because they're like, I see you doing this, I see you doing that, and I'm like, hey, I receive it. Um, but they really they really do. They I, mean, I feel like I'm in like an incubator where they're really yeah. working on me. Um, hey, I don't know if I'm gonna do commercial photography, but um, it's been great. So what what is the best compliment you ever gotten? The best compliment that I've ever gotten, I would say when people say they trust my vision. Wow. That's that's my biggest compliment. I'm like, what? Because um, even with photography, the way that I got into doing it business as a business, yeah. um, it was in in September 2020. One of my friends reached out to me. She's like, oh, I'm turning 30 and I would love to do a 30th birthday photo shoot. I'm like, let's do it. Let's go to the park and take a couple pictures. And she was like, I trust your vision. Whatever you want to do, let's go. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this. Da -da -da. And the pictures came out beautiful. Mm. And right away, and the way my church was so supportive is not even funny. Like most of my photo shoots have been from folks from my church. But next thing you know, this artist from my church is like, I need to sing. I want to do a single cover. Somebody is like I need you to take pictures of my baby. Somebody said I need. To, I'm, I'm starting a business. Yeah. Yes, you it know, just snowballed. That really to um, one of guests we had. Um, he was saying, so he, he was like 20, 30 years as an engineer, and then retirement, and then he, he started to do take pictures for his daughter. Mm. He, she was involved in the play in her high school. Pictures came out beautiful. And then people started to hire him. Wow. And then now he's doing headshot. Yeah, he's doing professional headshot. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that's that's a good thing to kind of follow your um your dream. So we call it in this pod podcast, Embrace Your Calling. Embrace Your Calling. That's yeah. such a good title. Yeah, so Embrace Your Calling. So now, who has been your most important professional mentor? My most important professional mentor. I can think of. I don't. I don't have just one. I have multiple. All right. I That's have multiple. To, to to give them a shout out. Yes, of course. So my guidance counselor in high school, Kelly Becker, she saw something in me when nobody else did. Mm. I didn't even see anything in myself. 
Wow. Um, it is, it's funny because I feel like with my journey, it's been like a passing off. I don't know if that's how it is with destiny helpers. Yep. But one thing about me, that's that's one of the biggest prayers that I've prayed. And it, I've seen it with my eyes. I have seen it happen in my life. People like one prayer that I always pray. Another tip, pray. <laughs> for God, like for God to connect you with the people who are connected to your destiny. Wow. And when these people find you, you're skyrocketing. You got to repeat that. You got to repeat that. Listen, y'all better be ready. I'm preaching. (laughs) Um, One of the most important prayer topics that I constantly, constantly go back to, even my pastor at church, that is one thing he always has his prayer about. Is for God to connect us with our destiny helpers. You can see that you it takes you forever to do something, and then the the moment the, the right person finds you, the door opens. Wow. When, if you were going by your own effort, it would take you years, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's something I always pray about for God, for the right people to, they don't know why, but they, they have to think about me. They have to call me. They have to say my name when they're in a meeting for your name to come up in rooms that you're not even in, you know? So <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about. Wow. But again, my, my guidance counselor, she vouched for me. She got me into college. My college advisor vouched for me. She made sure I didn't, I didn't pay any money to go to school and I got my degree for free. <laughs> and then after that, my, what is it? Post-college, my my job mentor. Yes. Who continues to vouch for me and she mentors me. And this, now I feel like I'm kind of getting handed off to this professional artist that I met through an opportunity. She's like just always sharing opportunities with me. She's like, oh, there's a there's a um, art exhibition happening in New York. I need you to send me a picture. We're gonna put your picture in the show. Um, and she, yeah, she's just speaking into me. So, Destiny Helpers. Destiny Helpers. Wow, Destiny Helpers. That's that's mm-hmm. a great great thing. And one thing I, I I would like to ask because I feel like. <laughs> We we go so fast into our career. We like we have like a, a tunnel vision. You know, we're not seeing everybody else. So, did you ever had a chance to be that person for somebody else? Like Ooh. be that person for somebody else, where you had your destiny helpers, but now you're gonna be a destiny helper for somebody else. Um, I mean, I haven't had the chance to know, but I would love to get into that. That is one of my passions. I, I personally think that my purpose beyond photography and storytelling, I think that my purpose, I know that my purpose is to push other people forward. Like I, I'm not the type of person that I need to be in the spotlight all the time. I love to be in the back and I love to push other people forward. So okay. hopefully at some point. Nah, nah, you did it because you didn't know me. And oh. you helping my my the podcast. Oh no no no! no. Yeah yeah no no definitely you and I appreciate it because like I said um, I feel like um, a lot of um, we've been fortunate to have great guests, um, someone like you, to tell their story and then help us promote divine purpose because um, without you I wouldn't I never did an episode by myself so it's about the guest but it's the willingness of the guest to say yes and when I reach out you definitely say yes and then now you showed up and then we having a great conversation I think all our guests are the destiny helper to my vision because they've been they've been helping me out so I had I just had um 
somebody who was a guest and then she connect me to somebody else in Minnesota. Oh wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's why it was a trick question, but um I, I think and this is a case for us because you you've been a destiny helper for us now. Oh, so wow. I have another question, which is I'm learning it very, very it's a new concept for me, but I want to talk about it. Do you believe in generation curse? Because that's a new things I'm learning and guests are talking about it and I'm 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 asking you that question now. Do you believe in it or, or you experience it? Um, 100%, 100%. I believe, I mean, there are there are spiritual things that we don't know of. Yeah. Okay? Our parents, our grandparents made mistakes. Some yeah. of them were unintentional, whether it's just a habit that just so happened to be passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Some of them, it's like actual spiritual things that people are dealing with, but I 100% believe in that. Um I also believe in generational patterns being passed down. It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, we used to do things that way. And then it just, it becomes a thing, whether it's positive or negative, you know, but yeah, 100%, watch out. <laughs> no, definitely. So yeah. we, had, uh, we have Lynn O'Reilly with us today with Divine Pepper Podcast. We're excited to have her. And like we just mentioned, she's a destiny helper because she helped uh, promote the vision of Divine Perfect Podcast. We're going to take a break. We've, that's just for city management. What comes before making a smart decision? Choices. A smart choice is the best option, which is who we are. That's why our clients expect more from us and in return, get more in everything we do. We understand the problem. That's why we thrive for excellence. We don't just create a winning culture. We aspire to be a smart choice, a voice for solutions. We believe in integrity, professionalism, and teamwork. Our passion is to bring results from our clients by working harder, smarter, and faster. As a team, we always deliver because we recognize your needs. Choosing smart influences us to be the best version of ourselves. That makes us different than other companies. It makes us confident in achieving our goals. It makes us who we are. And it makes us DFM, the smart choice. Hey, we awesome. back with Eddie Dacius with Lynn O'Reilly and um, we had Divine Pepper Podcast in our episode and we would like to promote Dacius for Same Management. Dacius for Same Management, you can call them now, 617-237-0106 or go online at www.daciusfm.com. We're back with Lynn O'Reilly. Very excited to have her today. And so now we're going to go with um, Hot Topic. Hot Topic is a segment where we talk about fun. It's a fun segment, important topic where people don't have a chance to really go deep in those questions. But me, my goal is to um, talk about it. And this question will go with you. But um, let's go with Hot Topic now. So I don't know if you if you hear construction sometime and they like digging. <laughs> so I'll be doing now with hot topics. So hot topic for Lynn Oily. So do you think that 
Haiti independence was is a generation generation curse. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a question. It's a question. If Haiti's independence, do you think it's a generation generational curse? Where since then we feel we feel like we never accomplish big things after this. No, I don't think it's a generational curse. Mm, okay. I think. Wow. <laughs> I think no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a generational curse. I think there are. It, it's in itself. I think it's. It's empowering. Like we got our freedom. Our history is beautiful, and the way that we have been, we we set the precedence for enslaved peoples and enslaved. You know what I mean? Like we said, we were the first. Yes. You no, know? but um, with that came it came at a great cost. And sometimes being the the first through the door, maybe it means that we fall. That's why we fall last. Maybe that's why we're overlooked the most. Um, there are maybe there are curses in, in certain um, blockades spiritually attached to that, but I don't think in itself. I don't think it's a curse. Mm, you don't think? Yeah, I don't think that either. So it was like I said, it was a question. It wasn't a statement because no, I don't know. I I don't know what I was expecting, but that just that's <laughs> that's why we tried to do with hot topics. So now, do you think that modeling or be being a cre- creative artist can be a conflict? with your religion if you're a Christian? Mm, 100%. 100%. I think it's it's very important to to just, I mean, to really define what's important to you. And in this, whether it's modeling, whether it's creativity, whether it's YouTube, we live in a time where attention is key and doing what's viral, what's going to get you popular, what's going to make you money, what's, what's going to blow you up in instant yeah. fame. And people can get caught up in that spiral to the point where you you lose yourself because you want to make money, because you want to be famous, because you want to blow up. Yeah. Um, oh, I thank God that he humbled me. He humbled me quick and early. <laughs> he humbled yeah. me quick and early. But I just always knew that I didn't want to make stuff that was viral. I wanted to make something that was lasting. I wanted to have a lasting impression. I wanted to build community. But it really is tough to get... Some people get caught up in that, even as as Christians. And even if it, you're not even, it's not about like what, like something that's like super like um, explicit. It could just be something as simple as pranks or something or comedy. Like you can, without knowing it, you can cross certain boundaries. And it's good to, I don't know, be connected to God. Let God give you the ideas and not necessarily what's popular. So you said uh, God humbled you. Can you take us to what happened? I, like I said, uh, we we like to know. You know, New Judah, you know. <laughs> New Judah. Um, <laughs> um, well, you know, because I was doing YouTube, I wanted, like I said a little bit earlier, I wanted to. There's, I'm still trying to figure out YouTube. I wanna, I wanna like. Conversation is my thing. I want to have conversations yeah. about, about spirituality, about growing as Christian creatives, creativity, all of that stuff. Um, yeah. Even Divine Purpose Podcast is my destiny helper. Yeah. It's, yeah. Pushing me. <laughs> <laughs> it's pushing me into that because I really felt like God has been telling me to just 
talk to people and yeah. just have conversations around that and even share my own story. Um, but then, yeah, I started YouTube and I, and I used to do those like deeper conversations, but like, I don't get any views. Yeah, yeah. But when I did my hair video, blow up. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and just like that, people can just get caught up in that. Like, oh shoot, when when I do the thing that I actually want to talk about, nobody nobody pays attention to that because that's yeah. not what's viral. Yeah. Right. But when I do the hair one, the video, uh, the the makeup, the outfits, those blow up, and you can easily get caught up in that. And I just I always knew that there is more. Which is why to this day people are like, hair. I even cut my hair. Like I can't give hair videos. I don't want to do it because I know my purpose. There's so much more, mm. so much more. And then, and and especially in social media, it's a niche. What you have to find. People want to put you in a box. Yes. And so if I kept doing hair videos, I can only do hair videos. So I can't talk about podcasts and 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 you. It's a not easy to incorporate other things. Yes. You're right. You're right. So, uh, is there? It was it a time where you wanted to give up, and you have like one person. It might be a friend, it might be a parent, and they will never let you do let 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 you give up. Is there a person like that you can talk like you can talk about what they did? Because you say, "Oh, all right, I'm throwing in the towel," and then they said, "Nope, you're not doing it. You keep going. You keep going. Even you didn't want to." Go forward, but they keep pushing you forward. Funny enough, it's not one person. It's I. I think it's my whole community. Wow. It's my pastors. They they see something in me. They have spoken into my life. Oh my God, this prophecy! Come on, today, please. <laughs> like God is just you know He's taking His time. Activated, you know. Sorry. Activate the prophecy. Yes, come on, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and it really it, it's so reassuring, which is why, like, I don't. I sometimes I have moments where I don't believe in myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying different things, and and I'm I'm just I'm just trying. You know. Yeah. But there are people in my community, as I said, when I when I decided to start taking pictures, my church stood up. You know, yeah. whenever I'm ready to quit, my pastors are like, "Girl, keep at it." You know, and, mm. and I make sure that I include my mentors and my community. I call it my ecosystem that yeah. has my pastors, my big sisters, people in church who can pray for me. And like, they always know this is, I apply for this opportunity. I'm thinking about opening a studio. What should I do? I don't want to do it. Please tell me not to do it. They're like, girl, do it. I'm wow. thinking about applying. They push me. It's everybody. My mom, it's everybody. Honestly. Wow. Yeah. And I think I think it's very important to have that. And like I said, you you keep me giving me new words, uh, new fridge, catch a phrase, you know, oh, ecosystem, yeah. you know, yeah. destiny helpers. But uh, that's that's definitely great. So now, before we close the hot this hot topic, do you think that um, Haiti should? Okay, do you think Haitians should keep hope? Oh, think about something else because oh no we keep it hope <laughs> yeah. what we're not gonna do is give up especially, Why? Why especially in the diaspora because I don't I don't fit in here I don't like it here <laughs> so, I want to go home I'm yeah. ready to okay. I just I heard I heard that sorry to to go ahead go ahead no no I was just gonna say I'm just I, I, I don't know I'm gonna speak for myself and for my family I'm ready to go home my whole family's in Haiti I don't have family here it's just my yeah. mom and I and my two little sisters I'm, I'm just I'm excited 
we just keep praying for Haiti, right? Keep praying yeah. and keep hoping. And at the end of the day, it's the gatekeepers. It's who is in charge of the country and who who do we who do we hand our destinies over to? Yeah. That's what it is at the end of the day, you know? And so just praying and hoping that those on the ground are able to elect the right people to get them in office. But Haiti, like our, our story is beautiful. Our people are beautiful. Our resilience, like there's just so much about us. I'm getting emotional to think about it because I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to go home. But um, there's just so much about us that nobody sees. And I think, um, yeah, it's just beautiful. And I can't wait to go home to have my house, to invest in, to build businesses, whatever it is. But that's home right there. Mm, Yeah, I I heard heard about this and a lot of people, like, they have that... Nostalgia over Haiti. Oh, I need to go back home. But what will what will we do? We'll be doing there. Is when? That- ah, okay. While well, we're there, I mean, it's for the mm-hmm. diaspora. I mean, I mean, it, let's give it like the perfect picture, or at least a seemingly perfect picture. The economy is doing better, and security is like we have that figured out. The the country is safe and we can welcome people and people can come home um we can contribute to the economy that's what we need right now you know what i mean so people that whether it's through the workforce whatever it is um and we can contribute and we can kind of help our country's gdp and i don't know tourism in the right way yeah politics the right way it doesn't have to be the christian way but the moral way Mm. um I don't know me. I'm looking to build. I'm looking to invest. I'm looking to, yeah. That's what I'm. I don't know. I don't know that I, I want to live in Haiti forever, but yeah. I mean, in a perfect reality, I would love to 100. And I already said I'm growing. My, my kids are going to Malyat because <laughs> my kids are not going to be in school here. So hopefully, by the time I'm ready, the country is settled in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, yeah. I, I think that's what was a great note to to hand hot topic. So I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't see you sweat. Everything was great. So I'm sweating. <laughs> you did great. You did great. So discipline already with hot topic. So we uh, at the end of the podcast, we're getting close, and I think we had great fun. And, and honestly, but um, this is a fun part. I always have this like, um, this last question for fun parts, like um, to kind of get a better view of you, the creativity, things you like. So I see. I think I caught you. You went to New Orleans. Yes. And I saw you having great time. You went to Haitian food. Like, can you tell us about it? Yes, of course. So was it in April? Yeah. yeah um, my god sister and I, we just just had the idea of we wanted to go somewhere. I work remotely and I want to explore as much as I can. Yeah. Um, being that I, I have TPS, I can't leave yeah. the US. Yeah. Um, but I just wanna I don't wanna be compl- like complaining. I just want to explore the U.S. It's beautiful. So I just want to get to know the place. Um, so yeah, I went to New Orleans and it was it, it was great. I, was, yeah. I just got to meet people. And this really reaffirmed over and over that I just love to travel and tell stories about us. Um, sitting down and talking to Black artists 
like yeah I had a really wonderful time so I'm looking forward to doing more of that so do you, I see you talking about food and obviously you probably like travel so is there like a three what are the two movies you would recommend our audience what mm-hmm. yeah like even movies or maybe music or maybe documentary or books documentary books movies oh i can't think of anything off the top of my head okay so what about your favorite artists books uh, my favorite artists yeah my favorite artists they're all photographers um dion ivory stephanie namani um who are amazing um mahaniela just uh, just black women who are doing great things that we i i love to see especially as we're entering the commercial space it's not really easy to see a black a black girl who took a picture that's on a billboard in new york yeah. you know or on the cover of a, of a magazine so yeah. hey I, i'm just that's what's inspiring me now books i'd say um show your oh show your work by austin cleon okay um it talks about creativity and getting yourself out there uh, i have plenty of others i just nothing off the top of my head all right no 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 problem um what about like your do you follow compa um a little bit just a little bit okay if you like okay what about your best gospel i don't know but best, oh um oh i love oh what's it called um bridging the gap i was just yeah. listening to bridging the gap in the car um when i'm trying to be in the car and i'm praying when i'm driving which which song is it um um all of them yeah they they so, really, Louis, my Baou, some, some, yeah. some, that's my favorite that's my favorite song <laughs> when i really need to pull god's ear i'm like <laughs> <laughs> um bridget what else Who, everybody everybody i listen to maverick city i live in i listen to embassy worship yeah um, a little bit of everything so um favorite place you visited in the u.s Favorite place I visit? Oh, Puerto Rico. Yeah. 100%. Puerto Rico reminds me of Haiti so much. Really? It's, yes. It feels like a Spanish-speaking version of Haiti in terms of their their pride and how confident they are in themselves. People are very hospitable. They're very welcoming. It's like, am I in America? Like, you're technically in America, but it's okay. It's its own country. Wow. <laughs> People are very hospitable. They Puerto Ricans love Haitians. Mm. They always and they're always like, oh yeah, I was in Haiti, and you guys were just so kind to us. You guys were so welcoming. I'm like, oh, they yes. just, it was good to hear. It was really good to hear. So, um, last word for you, Lean Oily. Uh, last word for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I, I, this is just the beginning of my journey, and I'm just excited to see what God is gonna do in my life, and um. I'm just gonna be patient. I'm, I'm gonna keep trusting his vision, divine purpose. I'm trying to embrace my calling. This was such yeah. a perfect title for this episode. But this is me trying to embrace my my calling. It's scary, but I feel supported by my pastor, my community, my pastors, my first mm-hmm. lady, my community, my my mothers, the big sisters, the people who are praying for me and pushing me forward. Um, yeah, I, last word. That's it. That's all I have. I'm just a little girl learning. <laughs> learning. No, we feel like you're like a great path to to a great journey, and I can feel that too, because um, like everybody else saying it. But is there a question you wish I asked you today? A question I wish you asked me? 
is what am I gonna do when I get to Haiti? Oh, you did, you know, you didn't ask that. So, okay, what, what you gonna do? I said, you... oh my God, I'm gonna cry. You want me to cry <laughs> within the last minute that we have. When I get to Haiti, first thing I do when I land, I'm just gonna lay down and I'm gonna pray yes. <laughs> on the ground. You, you, okay, um, you, you know what I tell people? Maybe you can do it because you have that passion. You know, um, some people said when the um, the pop, uh, the pop, the pop. Oh yes, 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 yes. When he came to Haiti, okay, he kissed the ground. Did he really? Yeah, and then the people say like things get worse. So maybe you can reverse. I, I will be the one. <laughs> I will be the one to reverse that. <laughs> yeah, so I think people need to start doing this. When they go to Haiti, they kind of need to kiss um, the ground. ground. Reverse yeah. it. Reverse, reverse everything it. They, they put on the ground. But um, yeah, but um, yeah. we're talking about you coming, going back to Haiti. You lay down. What else you'll be doing? Oh, first thing I'm going to go to my grandmother's house. I'm going to cry. I'm, I, just, I know it's going to be an emotional day. Like, yeah. I haven't seen my family. Um, 2015, I was there for, just quickly for a funeral. So okay. um, 2012 was really the last time I was in Haiti. I haven't seen my family. Just literally, it's just going to be going around seeing family and then going to the beach, eat some lumpy. I don't eat seafood in America. I'm like, because seafood is the best in Haiti. Yeah. I don't. This is that's how loyal I am. I'm like I'm not eating seafood until yeah. I get to Haiti. <laughs> I don't think there's lumpy here, right? Um, they don't make it the same. It's not. Yeah. It's not the same yeah. thing. Oh, what about when we went to uh, New Orleans? New Orleans, I didn't even try that much seafood. I mean, I tried um, crawfish. Did you eat Haitian food? Um, yes. Fritainola. Fritainola. Oh, wow. In New Orleans. I found the restaurant. Um, it's called Fritainola. Check them out. Okay. It was, really good. it was really good. Oh, wow. Very great, great, great episode with Divan Pepper Podcast. We have Lynn O'Leary with us. She's amazing. And she, she really take us to her journey and then talk about uh, her creativity, her passion and things she really likes. So, Lynn, we appreciate having you today. And um, thank you thank so you. much for having me. Thank you. This was amazing. This was great. I had a great time. Uh, me too. So, I have a great, great, great time. Thank you. This is the Viper Podcast episode with Eddie Dasfields and Lynn O'Reilly. Thank you.